everyone. Thank you for listening to The Death of VHS, the movie review podcast. Please remember that the language and topics might not be suitable in a typical work environment, as there might be strong language or triggering topics during the review of movies, ranging from a G rating to an R rating. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the death of VHS. On this episode, we are talking about Hook, the very movie that formed this podcast, because our opinions are right, and any actual reviewer is completely wrong. Um, and that is why we're here tonight. We are talking about Hook. Um, Jonesy, do you want to come at us with the box office stats, and then I'll give you a synopsis. Absolutely. So, um, Hook... Has a runtime of two hours, 22 minutes. It's directed by Steven Spielberg. Was released December 11th, 1991 uh, on a budget of $70 million. It had an opening weekend of $13 million, um, which in 2023 would be around $30 million. Uh, gross worldwide was $300 million which today would be about $670 million. So, yeah, not too bad. It had a, had a pretty good run. That's great. Um, I should have mentioned I'm Daly, and they have let me out of the cage. They've let me out from down under, and I'm your host this evening. Uh, <laughs> but this movie, to give you a quick synopsis, it's a sequel to the novel Peter and Wendy, and it focuses on an adult Peter Pan who has forgotten his childhood. And in his new life, he is known as Peter Banning, a successful but unimaginative and workaholic lawyer with a wife and two children. However, when his old arch enemy Captain Hook kidnaps his children, he returns to Neverland to save them. And I'm just curious at what are some of your favorite parts of this movie? What are some of the things that really stood out to you uh, as we start to dive in? Gentlemen? Well, I mean, for me, uh, so I've always, this is, this is one of those movies that just, you know, it, it screams nostalgia for me every time I think about it. Um, I got to say, little little spoiler for my opinions when we get there at the end, but uh, this is the first time I've ever watched this movie critically. And, uh, yeah, I didn't like doing that, but, um, but no, I, I think for me, what stands out is, uh, anything with, um, Rufio, uh, I don't know what it is. I've just always loved the character of Rufio. And I think if I had to pick a single favorite part, it would be the, um, uh, where they're at the dinner table shouting insults at each other and Peter finally, uh, you know, starts remembering how to do it and then throws in uh paramecium brain and what's a paramecium <laughs> you know <and laughs> so that I love that blend of you know his knowledge now and his you know uh childlikeness there can i say one of the best things that happened during that is his first insult to rufio didn't he call him like a math or no, a substitute <laughs> chemistry teacher? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fantastic. That got uh, the ball rolling for him. And then he called him like a math tutor after dumb, <laughs> dumb insults. 
I think that dinner table is is such a great uh, scene where you just you see that switch flip and you just he realizes and and starts to remember how Neverland works and you know they start to imagine everything and and, and I I agree that's one of my favorite parts as well. Um, I just think it's just such a important and powerful moment for Peter personally. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like I don't have enough time to go into how important of a movie this was for me. Like, um, the, yeah, I always get emotional when, when Rufio's killed. That's, that's a number one right there. Like I've been, I've watched this every year probably since I was mm-hmm. a kid and I still like, it hurts, you know, mm-hmm. like you feel the pain, but the, the the part of the movie that immediately draws me in and it's be, and it's because of the music and the sound effects is when um he's in Granny Wendy's house and he I think he's in the kids room for the first time at night and he looks at that pirate or the ship drawing in the sea and the music builds up and you hear the seagulls and the waves and I remember and, and it still feels like it when I first watched it just like I was like oh my god the painting's alive like he could like reach in and get wet you know and just i don't know i just i love that and like more power to to the whole editing team and um you know john williams Mm -hmm. just incredible but uh great for sure yeah this just beautiful beautifully done for so good from like the very start uh this movie taught me like um you know you can't be afraid to grow up for one but then even when you do grow up uh, don't be afraid to have fun, you know, and, and still like let your inner child out. And like, I, I, yeah. it's just something that's always stuck with me is when he is the dad that's you know too busy for his kids kind of thing. I never wanted to be that dad. Um, I never wanted to be f- afraid of fr- flying mm-hmm. uh, and, and be the, the center of a, my arts draw and my kids uh, art drawing where I don't have a parachute. I, I love that whole the whole airplane scene was so good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's funny because uh, more props to Richie for being able to look at it critically. I just look at it uh, as if I'm a kid the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> I love this movie yeah. so much. Anyway. The, the, there's one small part that I also really loved. It's when you meet, and I can't even remember his name. Is it the old guy? Toodles. Is that Toodles. John? Toodles. Toodles. Yeah. When 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 he's like I've lost my marbles and then <laughs> finds them in the I'm like that is so good yeah when, um, <laughs> yeah but I just I just this movie is directed by Steven Spielberg it's got John Williams doing the music it's starring like Robin Williams Julia Roberts it's got like Dustin Hoffman like this cast and, and production team is insane and it's such a great movie. And I just don't understand how on Rotten Tomatoes it's at twenty nine percent. Is that critically, or that's not that can't be the audience? Uh, that's the, no, oh. that's the critically okay. one. The audience is at seventy six. Well, that's an easy explanation because it's absurd to get paid to give your opinion <laughs> on subjective material right off the bat. So there you go, the audience is right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I think as far as uh, like. Um, like Daly mentioned, you know, the cast is, is really, really good. And we have uh, Robin Williams doing classic Robin Williams things. And uh, the, the part that definitely stands out for me is when Peter Banning, not yet Peter Pan, uh, first lands in Never Neverland. 
and um, he's trying to blend in. And so you have Tinkerbell in his ear kind of telling him how to walk and how to talk. And um, at one point she tells him, yeah. you know, to, to sort of grunt or mumble. And, you know, he just says, "are," And then a, a, a pirate is walking next to him <laughs> and he says, are you? And then uh, we have Robin Williams with like, oh, how are you? You know, and um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, good. That, how are you? That, that part, just, I, it made me laugh so much. Um, so I think that would probably be maybe my favorite um, favorite line of the movie. It's just just how silly that back and forth is. And, um, you know, the first time we see Never Never Land and, and the adults. Um, and then, you know, just Robin Williams' reaction. So that, that kind of set the tone for me um, after, uh, after him landing there. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely sticking out for me. Definitely. Yeah, I'll have to definitely mimic all of that. Um, the, the very first scene that made, made me laugh was the fact that he's like, look what Jack drew <laughs> while they're on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> like Jamie was saying before, and that was just yes. super fun. Like I just died laughing because Peter's like, "Why don't I have a parachute, Jack? <laughs> like Jackie, why don't I have a parachute?" And you can just tell that 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 just sets the tone um, for their relationship, and it's really really solid because he is a disappointing father. Um, but I thought like it's hard to to pinpoint one uh, as a kid. I think Rufio's death. Watching him die was literally watching my hero die because as a kid I always wanted to be Rufio, right? Yes. He's badass. He's got the yeah. the um, the coconut hilt, golden you know sword, um, and it just looks super cool. It's calling him out. He had the coolest hair ever. That actor is amazing mm. and shaped my childhood uh, because he was also his intro. Yeah, yeah. His intro was so solid, right? But, I mean, like, he also has gone to do other things. He was, you know, um, he was American Dragon Jake Long. He was the voice for him. And I used to watch that show as a kid all the time. And then he was also Zuko in Avatar, The Last Airbender. And that, I mean, his voice has been there my whole childhood for sure. Um, And he's just so amazing. Uh, But, I mean, like, as, as as an adult, watching this film... At that scene, my like one of my favorite scenes of all time is scary. It's scary now because that's literally my greatest mm-hmm. fear is watching my child, somebody that you know I took care of, die in front of me. You know, yeah. and that's just yeah. the duality sure. of it is so yeah, so absolutely. crazy. And I think that's mm. see a lot of critics, and this is why all of the Rotten Tomato stuff they're using using the things from 1991 in 92 after the movie premiered yeah okay that's where a lot of the critics are coming from and it's uh, all they all they talk about in those reviews are you know how steven spielberg this isn't up to his his level of entertainment it's it's him not um he's taking this story they should have just did a whole live action remake which was the original plan for for steven spielberg instead of a sequel um because this is one of Mm. is, is the Steven Spielberg childhood books that his mother always read to him was yeah. this book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, instead he wanted to do a sequel. He dropped out of being the director on it originally because he wanted uh, to spend time with his son, which I mean, just the duality there, the, the correlations there is just crazy. 
And then he came back to do it after Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams had trouble, creative differences with the original director, Mm -hmm. who was credited for writing a lot of the screenplay, by the way. Um, Interesting. And uh, a lot of the critics were like, why didn't you just do a remake? Why uh, this is only going to interest boomers. I'm not a boomer. I don't think anybody else, any of us are here are boomers. No. And we love this film. No. Uh, just the critics just couldn't yeah. be so wrong. But that was a lot of it. Is and I think it was Rolling Stones. In fact, uh, let me let me find it. I have it in my note. Mm. Uh, it was um, God. Where did I put it? <laughs> uh, it was Pete. Somebody. Where's it at? I had it. Ah, uh, so mad. Uh, but the Rolling Stones reviewer at the time, the Rolling Stones magazine reviewer in 91, said how it's just going to uh, just going to appeal to boomers because that's that's what they're yeah. lost when they they work so hard and have strained relationships with their kids. But no, this is a universality. Steven Spielberg even nah. was disappointed by this movie later on. There's multiple interviews of him being so disappointed about it. And I'm like, why? Yeah, right. Like, you, you literally created, yeah. you, you took this abstract art, this abstract idea of imagination, and made it <coughs> tangible. Mm. Like, just, you, you put it in our hands. Yeah. Like, that whole, like mm-hmm. you were talking about, how the, how the importance of the scene of playing the game of pretend eating, a pr- mm-hmm. big pretend feast, yeah. Yeah. just made that tangible. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you guys mm. said, the whole, yeah. I mean, honestly, editing, costume design, art set, this was all done on sound stages in, in, in California. So, um, I mean, they had like six or seven studio sound stages that they used for this whole movie. So it's all blue screen and, and stuff. And, uh, and then actual art, like actual set construction uh, mm-hmm. is beautiful. It's still a beautiful movie. Yeah. And uh, it, it's... It's definitely part of my childhood. Yeah. It's one of my sick movies because it came out in 91. I think I first saw it when I was like six. Yeah, for sure. So 96. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely yeah. been there. But, oh, man, it, it's hard to not. I think my favorite line from it, and uh, this is also me, quote, I've on record said this is my favorite line. And it's in our, in our Discord under the Know, know the Show channel. It's, it's to mm. die would be a great adventure. By yes, Peter. I see that all yeah, the time. Peter Pan. And it's it's such a yeah, it's such a a good yeah. reflection on on who you are and what you understand about death and mortality. Yeah. Uh, uh, another good Absolutely. good moment is um, first I love Mr. Shmi. I think he's one of my new favorite characters after watching that movie again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Shmi, Bob, yes, Ho- Bob Hoskins. I've always Bob loved Hopkins. Shmi. So perfect. And if you don't know Bob Hopkins, <laughs> you probably do. Uh, he was Mario in the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie in 93. And he was also Eddie Va- <laughs> um, Valiant in oh, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So he was yeah. a main detective. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. Yeah. Shmee is just so great. <laughs> He's so And he reprised me. Yeah. yeah, he and reprised, he reprised the role Shmi. for that one TV show yep. miniseries. And he was just... He, yeah. he was on point that whole time. Uh, the Captain Hook being all suicidal. That is one of... It's easily one of the funniest <laughs> morbid speeches... <laughs> Uh, an yeah. in interaction and, awesome. and movie I've ever seen. He's like, "Don't stop me, Smee! Don't stop me! Stop me, Smee! Stop me! <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Get off your yeah. ass and the stop me!" Thing. It's so funny. <laughs> like I die laughing every single time, and I, it's such a pivotal moment 
of of Captain Hook's life where he's like, I'm old. It's yeah. not going to get any better, this world. And you're like, and Smee's like, are you being all dramatic again? Because <laughs> it's happened multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. So good, yeah. man. Shmi's just also, busy eating the whole time. Love... Like, Say again, Rick. You go, brother. I was just saying, I'm just agreeing. Shmi is so great in that in that scene because he's just sitting there eating the whole time. Well, just, it, it, like, and you know, I have a theory. And half paying attention to what anything <laughs> Captain Hook is saying. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, gnawing down on the turkey. <laughs> like, you think he's eating, but the, yeah. the first mate is actually the poison tester for food. Mm-hmm. So he's not just eating, because he's only taking a bite out of everything he's putting on the plate. So he's actually testing the food for poison oh, so before testing. he presents it to the captain. That was very, very uh, accurate, because back then, I, and if you don't know anything about me, you're about to learn a lot. I'm a huge pirate guy. I have books on, on like encyclopedias about pirating and, and stuff. Uh, and I have some fun information uh, information about the uh, Jolly Roger itself, which is the name of the ship. Um, and he has fun inflammation yeah, as well. Yeah, I do have fun inflammation. I've been in the ER a couple times. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's very pirate accurate, is that a lot of the ship's captains, their first mate's job was to check the food for poisoning. So he's only taking one bite putting on a plate and then yeah. he actually spits a bite yeah, out that makes a lot of sense if you didn't see you're like oh that doesn't taste good and he spits it out because he's not going to present the captain of the ship the most prestigious person on board with a plate of bad food mm. so that's a yeah. very funny very funny but yeah he, he's like um, oh did you lose your appetite is what he tells captain because he just did all of that work for nothing <laughs> the prep yeah I also love when Man- Maggie is just like says to Captain Hook, "You need a mother." Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> just so like, it's so good. But for me, like, it's hard to um, uh, express how I think and feel about Peter Pan. Um, it's always been a really, really big part of my life. Um, if you haven't read the book, he's uh, Peter Pan's actually a bit of a dick if i'm being honest um Mm -hmm. but still just awesome and um i've always loved peter pan from the disney cartoon to this movie to the live action one later in fact like the first thing my wife ever gave me was a a copy of peter pan and the first movie we watched together was the live action peter pan um and so when i watch this movie i think i feel the same as a lot of you guys are saying it's kind of like hanging out with an old friend. Um, and I, I think you're right only in that the critics and reviewers are wrong because at, at any age, at any point of your life, every single person just wants to be that adventurous child um, in whatever you're doing, whatever that looks like. And just to be able to live in that, moment and and just for two hours watch a movie and just be in neverland is just um yeah for me it's always something that's really really powerful um and i think robin williams is the best peter pan um but i want to pose a question to you gentlemen who do you think is a better hook between 
this hook, Dustin Hoffman, or Jason Isaacs in the live action one a few years later? I don't even remember Jason Isaacs, so I'm going to have to say Dustin Hoffman. Um, really? Because yeah, I, I, I know which movie you're talking about, and I, I maybe saw it once. Mm. I don't think... I was probably so oh, dedicated to so Hook. Good. <laughs> that I was like, hey, blasphemy! Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman did freaking phenomenal. Um, I mm. Jude Law in the recently released Peter and Wendy. Um, yeah. You know, despite how much of a stinker the movie as a whole was, mm-hmm. Jude Law phenomenal. But yeah, I think Dustin Hoffman takes it as the best hook. I actually haven't watched Peter and Wendy yet, so I should... I'll do that this weekend. You don't need to. <laughs> he okay. needs to. It's I do, though. I, d- I do, it's though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I need to. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> That's fair. Probably I, I, I mean, for me personally, uh, Dustin yeah. Hoffman was very method acting in his approach to this one. And, and in fact, he talks mm. about, because he's yeah. also done theater and everything else like that. Uh, but Dustin Hoffman talks in interviews mm. with um, Jimmy Carter around the time, um, saying that it's difficult to do a movie um, because you don't get a lot of rehearsal time you don't get so you have to find Mm. moments within production to do rehearsal with everybody so like you have a screen read of course Mm. with the other actors is like during makeup if other actors are sitting next to me I like to try and do run lines with them while we're getting you know done up Uh, so he was very method acting and all the other actors around that time in 92 when they were talking about interviews and stuff even the kid actors were like no dustin hoffman was hook on set like he was very much always yeah. in that mode he, he they they phrase it like when he's off camera yeah. he's a nice hook but <laughs> like during <laughs> during that time i think the overall dedication to the role is really what sells it to me between the two that you suggested mm-hmm. there daily that that dustin hoffman's prep is a little bit stronger and uh it, he yeah. just brings out the comedy side of hook a little bit too because he is that's what i was about a, to it say. is a whimsical because he, mm-hmm. he's an adult playing pretend yeah is how you should view it, it it's an imagine yeah. it's a movie about imagination yeah, absolutely it's a hundred percent not real yeah but you, you got to understand that yeah. that's the whole point of the film because my wife was mm-hmm. even when we were watching it mm-hmm. last night she was commenting on like the food part she's like it's so sad that they don't have food I'm like, no, it's a game. And they mention it, that it's yeah. a game. This is all pretend. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like, yeah. it, the, he blends that element of, like, real kidnapping and playing a game mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. well. And even at the yeah. end, after everything's on and Peter's flying away, the kid literally says, that was yeah. a great game. So you have to understand the concept yeah. of this movie is that it's a big pretend game. Of adults and kids, yeah, absolutely, and um, and yeah. I think that's what brings out the whimsical side of Hook, the whole point of of, of Neverland and all that other stuff. Because what his iconic line, "What would the world be without Captain Hook?" And I think mm-hmm. for me, yeah, and a very biased opinion, because like like Jamie, I've only seen the other movie less than a handful of times. Mm-hmm. That Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman takes it for me, just for his overall dedication prep yeah. and his whimsy that he brings out in the mm. world. I think, I think, I think that's what it is. It's not like Jason Isaacs does an awesome, awesome job, but I think D- 
Dustin Hoffman, he captures, yeah, you're right, he captures that idea of, like, almost, like, fun scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in, in certain situations, he's terrifying, but he's also hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you're right, he blends that really, really well. Does anyone else have any opinions that they want to share? I, yeah, j- go for it. Just Dan. to follow up on that too is because um, when the mm. when Peter Pan came out in two thousand three, I was already already in my twenties, and so obviously watching Hook, yeah. we were like at the perfect age, I think, to get what we got from it, yeah. and then to, to carry that yeah. on for the rest of our lives. Whereas with two thousand three, Peter Hook with Jason Isaacs, I think by that time, yeah. I had already like the. Um, the value that I got from, funny enough, another movie with Robin Williams from Jumanji, where his dad plays the hunter. Mm. Oh, uh, oh, when Jumanji. Peter yeah. Pan 2003 did that, and it's like, oh, Hook is also the same guy who is are the kid's dad. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I've seen this before. Thanks to Robin Williams, again, saves the saves my childhood. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So I think by that time, I was just too old to appreciate it at the same level. Because also Peter Pan's like a, a yeah. kid, and I can't, I just at that time I was like I can't relate to kids and movies anymore, mm. you know. But anyway, yeah. See, for me, the the live action one came out when I was like before I was in high school. So yeah, that different age gap mm-hmm. probably does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. Oh, can we give props out to real quick? Because lately, yeah. uh, my wife and I have noticed how terrible child actors are these days. But those two kids in Hook <laughs> were incredible, especially as young as that little girl was. I thought she was fantastic oh, the yeah. entire movie. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I honestly think all Despite the kids are love... really, really good. guy who played mm-hmm. Thud. Yeah, they were incredible. You know, Pocket, when he's like, yeah. There you are, Peter. Like that, that yeah. whole scene was so emotional, and those kids really mm. brought it. Like honestly, I they think did. everybody, everybody, yeah. set design, music. I mean, John Williams is freaking amazing. He mm. did. And if you don't know John Williams, you really do. He did Star Wars, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter. He's done all of the like movies of our childhood for sure. Mm-hmm. Of of the big yeah. big blockbuster yeah. ones. So. Um, E.T., Saving Private Ryan. He's done so many that you don't even think of. And uh, this was actually praised at the time as his best work overall. That's after Star Wars. Like, and the opening scene is iconic. But when you're talking about, like, Mm -hmm. pirates, whimsy, fantasy, like, I I was literally paying attention to the music this time around. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah. It really was. I'd say that he really started the... um, the iconic way that that we relate m- movies and music you know oh, like yeah. I, I can't i couldn't yeah. list one composer before him that created the emotions that he creates in his with his music yeah. you know but everybody well, did how many people job. hum the superman thing <laughs> oh yeah true and this is the oh. that's true fine Damn and it. and to give you know personification to peter flying like this is one of the real movies where you actually see an actor fly, like yeah, doing rigging true. and stuff like that. Mm. And Stephen talked about that too. And I know I'm I'm jumping the gun. I probably jump people. I'm sorry. Um, but the opinion of that is is that everything after that, when it comes to like superheroes flying and things like that, is a nod to this movie. It really mm. is interesting. Yeah. 
That makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, despite that, though, there, despite all of this, there are a few troubling parts. <laughs> yeah, um, more. So uh, do we think? I would say more than a do, few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, in terms of could this movie be made today? Why don't we talk about yeah, some I of think, those problems? Uh, the movie absolutely could be made today. Um, I mean, obviously, they're still making Peter Pan mm. and, and Wendy movies, and um, but this particular movie, um, yeah, like Hook, if they were to try to remake it, it would not work without someone like Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams leading the way. Um, I, I, I think it, it definitely could be. You know, it's a great mm. adventure comedy. You know, family film. Um, there's nothing about it in particular that would stop it from being made today i just don't think that they should um you know because <laughs> it's got some iconic actors and you know doing doing a pretty good job um so i, I think it definitely could mm-hmm. be uh, yeah i think for it to be made today there would be some scenes that need to change um <laughs> one of them being the mermaid scene <laughs> which I just thought was very They were saving his life anyway. daily. Come on. Yeah, what are you talking about? They were giving him air. Uh, Not making out with him and going sure, into man. a clam and taking off his clothes. <laughs> they were oh, saving his yeah, life. It's hot okay. in here. Well. Oh, man, that was such a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I... And while he's married as well? Come on, man. <laughs> what? He's, so he's supposed to just, die that, because he's married? Well, that could be... There's no adulteries I mean, in I don't movies. Know, I think, Come on, Jamie, you know that. I just... I, feel, cheats in I feel like he could have swam somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, he Fair. could have swam yeah. somewhere. No, well, his hands were um, tied. There's also an it? issue of... Like, and he fell off the gangplank? I don't know, I don't, man. Yes. They, yes. T- they mm-hmm. definitely tied oh, his, his hands. hands <laughs> So instead of the mermaids untying his hand, they have to make out with him all individually. Just giving him oxygen, What man? would you do in that You've got to have oxygen daily. Oh, is You think nothing is It's like is you don't real. even know anything about And then breathing. you see a real mermaid in front of you? Come on, man. Every every sailor has thought of that, okay? I, I, feel, I feel like Daly we... was uh, rejected by a mermaid actress at the local <laughs> theme park or something at that age. He went to see <laughs> and has been taking like, it out. Sorry. You, you know what, man? You know what, man? You're just really tapping into my trauma here, bro. It's just... Uh... <laughs> All right, Richie. What else? What um, else? I, th- yeah, there's also... Oh, actually, Richie, you go. Well, even, uh, you know, as far as problematic things go... Mm. The whole premise of this, uh, you know, of Peter going back to Neverland was, you know, preempted by Wendy, you know, who he considers his granny. And she's like, oh, no, I like I love you, like <laughs> romantically. And I'll always have. And mm. like, what? You know, this, you know, that's true. This uh, octogenarian mm. is <laughs> uh, <laughs> confessing her undying love for him. Uh, and you know, and then Tinkerbell is obsessed with him. Yes, you I was going to mention like, Tinkerbell. Well, you know what's up with? I don't know. It felt like uh, there there were so many extremes in this movie, like and and 
in how I feel about it. Because hmm. on one extreme, like I said at the opening, I love this movie. Like, it's super nostalgic for me. I mean, I was hmm. five when it came out. I remember owning this on VHS in the big plastic, you know, case that would snap together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you remember see the VHS case and how it looked and the, the way Hook was on mm-hmm. it. And it's straight out of my childhood, this, this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like I said, looking at it critically to for the first time now, uh, man, there's just so much in it that just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's just throw mermaids in there for some reason. Let's... Thank you. you know, <laughs> hey, we're just going to show you this character who uh, is named Rufio, and is, he's going to talk about crowing for some reason, you know, just with absolutely no explanation. You can't fly, you can't fight, you can't crow. And it's like, all right, flying and fighting I get, but what does what does crowing like a rooster have to do with anything? It's none of your damn you know, business. With absolutely zero explanation. Um, it's very important for the Lost Boys to crow, yeah. my friend. Didn't they mention well, that again, in the book? I swear they mentioned You know, it it's... it's I I understand that there's a point to it, but it's just like we're going to throw it in the movie with no explanations whatsoever. You know, we have, uh, you know, again, Tinkerbell just out of the blue. Like, everything's great. And then literally the very next scene, she's sitting in her her little uh, house crying for some reason. And then all of a sudden, she's human-sized and wants to make out with Peter. And and again, it's like literally three minutes ago, she was cheering and going on about how great everything is, and she's like the one who's been getting him to get to this point, mm-hmm. and now she's upset. You never heard of mood swings with a woman? No, I mean, you? And you've never had that experience. Ooh. It's just that's gonna be another episode. There was just so many extremes here, and it's like they just wanted to take <laughs> as many elements of Peter Pan as they could and throw it into the movie without really thinking about how it should all tie together. So that was, I guess, looking at it this time around, that was probably my concern. And I can kind of get where some of those critics were coming from, talk the screenplay and how it was just kind of, I think one review I, I read said that they literally said the words slapped together when describing the screenplay. And I kind of get it. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not liked here anymore. <laughs> No, it's fair points. Um, do we also want to mention the stuff about, you know, child kidnapping and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> just, just a plot a point. A bit problematic. Nah. I mean, works out that's <laughs> kind of a, a trope at this point, you know? I mean, you know, mm. you're going to get the, you know, the work-focused businessman out of his, you know, normal life. You kidnap I his kids. I thought you liked Die Hard there, Daily. <laughs> I do like Die Hard. That's not, just, not I'm kidnapping just... in the Die Hard franchises. I guess you're right, man. You're <laughs> right. What about Taken? Isn't that a whole um, plot point? <laughs> as long as there's action right, in it, man. it's okay. That's, <laughs> Are you? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Are you doubting Liam good. Neeson? Yeah. What the hell is going on yeah, here? <laughs> Liam, I love you. Okay, just throwing that out there. If you're listening, <laughs> get daily. He lives in Australia. Now he's... <laughs> we will yeah, give well, you his address. He won't come here. <laughs> I, I, you don't have much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. 
No, you go, you go. I, I was just going to say that, um, like, I remember when I was watching it, I, I didn't know at the time, like, definitively that it was a sequel. But I remember, especially in the beginning when um, mm. when Pink first meets him and she's like, don't you remember, you know, when we did this? You you know, you saved my life. Or no, I, I uh, drank poison for you, Peter. Um, mm. But, like, it, it even as a kid, I was like, oh, cool, this must be, I, I always assumed it was like a, uh, a loose sequel of the cartoon, of the Disney cartoon itself, because that was the only, I hadn't read the book at that sure. point, and that was the only reference I had. And so anytime they came up with mm. something that I didn't know what it was, like the crow, I was just like, oh, this must be something that I forgot from the cartoon. That's so cool that they, they have all this you know history that they're kind of giving us a sneak peek yeah. into. And so I was never bothered by it because it's like I didn't really need to know everything. I did not. I just assumed that, oh, it's just a sneak peek into their history together. And that's cool, you know. And I think if you've only seen the cartoon and Hook, it still does work as a sequel, though, as mm-hmm. well. It really does, especially which I think with is the Lost Boys. Cool. You have so many of them that you see from yeah. the cartoon. You're like, oh, this is cool. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's like just the the one thing I just I didn't quite understand is like one why Peter left and two like why he can't remember. Like I don't understand those two things do you guys have any ideas because like i watched it but i was like did i miss something maybe well he left because of uh moira uh, i I wanted to say maggie smith's daughter but wendy's daughter yeah Yeah, moira because he fell in love like immediately Uh, okay or gwyneth paltrow however you want to say it so he which i mean who doesn't who hasn't fallen in love while just standing <laughs> over some random person you just mm-hmm. met while they sleep? And then give her a kiss, obviously. Come on. Like it's, you know, it's your typical that. love story. Let's just kiss that's her how my wife and I met. Sleeping Beauty, man. That's, <laughs> that seems sure. like that's logical for, you know, something in the realm of Disney. Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty. And did he just not remember because it's just he? that's how it works? Or... Yeah, that part confused me. Yeah, uh, that wasn't that. really ever. Well, I think yeah. it was more of the, uh, you know, you know, it was symbolic of his, you know, growing up. That was childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, he stopped mm. being a child when he came back, or you know, when he yeah. came to the quote unquote real world. You know, and yeah, I mean, that was the whole point of the movie is remembering your childhood. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah. So I, I think you know that I didn't have a whole lot of issues with that part. Um, no, no, no. I, I don't have an issue with that. I was just, I wanted some clarification. Mm-hmm. Mm, I, w- I wonder if on a deeper level, um, because of that, like we subconsciously were like, well, I don't want to ever forget my childhood. And so because of this movie, we kind of hang on, you know, mm-hmm. hung on to the things that, uh, that make us more relatable to like your kids, especially. Yeah. I don't Whereas, play lots of Pokemon mm-hmm. and have Oh, almost yeah, have uh-huh. 4,000 Yu-Gi-Oh cards at all. I don't have any of that. And hours and hours of uh, Legend of Zelda <laughs> games. Yeah, no. Yep. Uh-uh. Or, yeah. <laughs> Our listeners are learning so much about you t- today, Oni, and they're just not going to come back. I know, it's her. okay. <laughs> not many people like my level of nerd, but at least I'm committed, right? <laughs> I don't have a problem with commitment, so there's that. But, I mean, doesn't it... Oh, but, yeah, true. it was... Uh, the, no, sorry, the, sorry. The, uh, the whole speech there when... Um, Wendy was talking to Peter. I was like, what do you remember? And he was just like, oh, I remember, you know, coming to the orphanage and you found my parents, helped me find my parents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, okay. and she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but 
you were 13, Peter. What about before that? And then he yeah. the realization of like, I don't remember anything before that. And I, that part, I don't know, it, it kind of got to me. I was like, man, like, you yeah. know, how, how hard would that be to be the person who can't remember? Good, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, that sounds like Jim. Like Tony saying, you know, you're still, you're still so <laughs> set on, you know, things from your childhood. And I am too. I mean, you know, I think we all are to an extent and yeah. you know, it's like, it, it's hard to even imagine what life would be like if I just had no memory mm-hmm. of those things that shaped up to the yeah, you know, I, years old and also like going through life and not caring about that for most of it until this moment is kind of wild mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so did i have one more question that i couldn't that i can't remember either wendy's daughter maggie did she go to netherland no granddaughter granddaughter she didn't go to neverland did she hold on you Maggie or Moira? Moira did not. Moira did not. Yeah. Maggie is Maggie is Peter's Moira. daughter. She definitely went because she was kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> she had no choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I meant I meant Peter's wife. Peter's wife. I meant Peter's wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Moira. No, because it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because because it was just also odd to me. Yeah, that that makes sense now. Because I was like, why can't she remember as well when Wendy can? Yeah, Wendy. But that makes Wendy sense. Wendy literally put a go. stop to that during that exchange when she's an old woman and first of all maggie yeah. smith dude yeah she's awesome she was mm-hmm. by the way she was in her 50s yeah. for that movie she's now 80 which is what she would have been in that film she played an mm-hmm. 80 year old woman they aged her up really well um yeah wow. but uh, dang she, she looks, was very convinced yeah. just yeah. like she looked at that time yeah now she looks yeah. what she looks yeah at it's that time. crazy Mm-hmm. I, well, I maybe she like, just never took the like, prosthetics off. Like way yeah. before Harry Potter. How does she look exactly yeah. the same? It's crazy. <laughs> so my brain was like, wait a second. She can't be that old right now. She was McGonagall. She's like, like, what is Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked it up last night. I was like, oh, my God. She was in her 50s when this movie was done. And she's an amazing actress. She really is. Mm-hmm. She's done so many she's incredible. iconic things. She's incredible. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, Maggie Smith is great. But she literally explained in that, like, no thimbles, no hugs, nothing. Don't do that to my daughter because I don't want, or my granddaughter, because I Mm -hmm. don't want her to experience not being able to keep you. And he's like, and and then that kind of drove his point home because he realized that Wendy's mm -hmm. not Wendy no more, right? That she grew up and and that she Mm -hmm. promised not to. And he's like, sees her there and he's like, well, maybe it's time for me to grow up. And then but, yeah. that's what yeah. that's what solidified it. So no, Mora never went. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. In, in cool. a deleted Thanks, scene, guys. though, he he did want to continue with the whole kidnapping premise, so he put a pillowcase over her head, and so she just didn't know she was in Neverland <laughs> the whole time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's in the deleted scene. That's in another. That's in the VHS release only. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jones? <laughs> Do you think this movie could be? done i don't know if you yeah talked about yeah that. he did i think it can did be but oh, my bad my bad yeah i think it needs a remaster my biggest problem <laughs> with this movie is the graphics um like even watching it now on streaming um i mean i'm sure the vhs would have been fine if it was through a crt it's one of those things that that shouldn't be remade mm. fully but definitely deserves a remaster in my opinion just to like shore up if if they want if they want this to be fully timeless 
the graphics need to be uh, i mean they went over budget because they they um took longer to make the film than what predicted that's what made them over budget by like 20 million dollars um mm. it wasn't because you know the actors took bigger salaries robin didn't and uh neither did dustin hoffman they they didn't take salaries on it what they took was profits after the fact so they were banking on the film being a success, which it was, and getting 20% yeah. basically of that cut. And that's how they got paid. Um, so it wasn't because they, they wanted more money or anything like that. It's because it took longer to shoot a lot of it because Stephen was really into yeah. the art of it. And honestly, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, I mean, the graphics and stuff, yeah. it could have been so much better. Tinkerbell's transformation, anytime Tinkerbell was on there, obviously it was computer-generated. But yeah. it was just, even for the yeah. 90s, like early 90s, it was rough. Because you had already really good yeah. computer graphics prior to that. Well, I mean, we had Star yeah. Wars, right? Like, you had Star Wars in the 70s, yeah. killing it. With the budget like they had, yeah. they could have done graphics so much better. Yeah. So I, I think it needs I a... Th- that's, for me, the biggest drawback to this film, is trying to watch it as an adult. Because, yeah, my imagination's not yeah. the best anymore. But <laughs> I grew up. I'll tell you my biggest drawback to watching this film, and uh, I'm curious to see if y'all agree or not, is uh, there when Tinkerbell first shows up in the house, and um, you know Peter says, "I don't believe in fairies," and she like falls down the stairs of the dollhouse and is just being super dramatic. Mm-hmm. Ever no, since th- watching The Office <laughs> and Lee Bertram. Her whole thing about Tinkerbell dies if you don't believe (laughs) or whatever it is she says and it being all dramatic there. That absolutely ruined that scene for me. You just hate Nellie so much. Is Nellie Bertram (laughs) for my money the worst character ever (laughs) on The Office doing her thing of you have to believe and that's all I could see and it absolutely ruined it for me. Fair. I think if they do do a remaster they need more mermaids though i'm I'm completely 100 mm-hmm. percent opposite of daily here <laughs> need more mermaids I, it's like cowbell dude i need more of it just more mermaids if they remaster i don't I'll care if they're digital sure. otherwise mm-hmm. <laughs> need more mermaids um you don't <laughs> <laughs> any 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 final thoughts that we have that before we want to say goodbye yeah revisiting um when we were talking about uh like growing up and him forgetting his childhood and stuff i definitely i remember as a i think as a teenager um primarily because uh, uh, for for those that don't know so i have a little brother who's 15 years younger than me and two little sisters who are 17 years younger than me and so we really connected, uh, and it really changed my life as a teenager, helping take care of them and stuff. Um, but one of the things that I remember arguing with other people about was um, that when people, uh, like whether it's our parents or uh, or their parents, or their dad, I should say, um, or like the a babysitter or something would come over, and they would get in trouble for something. I remember going, "How this is? They're just being kids. How do you not remember what it was like?" to be a kid and it always like uh stayed with me that there are adults that like are so caught up in just being mature and being an adult that they completely forget mm-hmm. what it was like for them and hope i mean maybe they just had a bad childhood i don't know but 
for the most part, anybody who's a kid has, you know, fanciful memories or, you know, they, they just goofing around. I don't know one kid that doesn't goof around, uh, you know, a couple times a day. Yeah. And so it, it, I, th- I think it is indicative of adults who are so caught up in themselves that they just completely forget what it was like to be a kid and just have fun. Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, so don't be like that, people. That's a <laughs> lesson. I think my final thoughts on it are, are yeah. around, because you guys know me. If, you've, if you're a long-time listener, <laughs> um, my big thing is I want to know what the, the actors think about the movie after it's done, right? I, li- I like watching mm-hmm. those interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. All of them are on YouTube. You can find them. And the biggest thing for me is watching Robin Williams in his interviews because he just mm. they're different you can tell that there's mm-hmm. something off about yeah. him now um, <clears throat> and uh, it recently came to my attention uh, a couple weeks ago um, on a Facebook reel where it was Matthew Lawrence who plays his uh, son in Mrs. Doubtfire uh, talking about his experience with Robin Williams and he goes on and he says he's on a podcast uh, we'll link it uh, but he goes on saying that there was that when he was doing the film with Robin Williams, like Robin Williams was on when he was on and off when he was off. And when he was off, he was in his trailer. And, um, he's like, that's people were telling him that's Robin's personal space, you know, just let him deal with it. And, um, Matthew talked about like he was 12. So he didn't, he's like, Oh, you know, I'm energized about the scene. I want to go talk to Robin about it. And uh, he walks into Robin's room, and Robin has his his hands in his or his head in his hands, basically just sad, right? And mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, it's scary for Matthew. And like Robin's like, I I need to tell you, I need to explain to you what's going on. And Robin goes to tell him, he's like, those years I did cocaine, I'm sober and I have been sober, but it's changed my brain. It is change my wiring and I have to live with this shit every day and you can really see that when he does his interviews in the 90s like all his interviews are him like he can switch in and out of character he's still funny you're getting the chuckle but you can tell he's just uncomfortable at that point now like in Robin Williams did a lot of movies in the 90s you're talking Aladdin you're talking Mrs. Doubtfire you're talking Flubber you're talking Jumanji. You're talking all these crazy good films. Mm-hmm. And just to yeah. see him still perform at his peak in movies like this, still dealing with that yeah. shit every day, mm-hmm. is impressive. Crazy. It's impressive. <coughs> it's depressing. And I get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just that for mm-hmm. me really pushes this movie even further. It's just that everybody yeah. understood the assignment. And somebody like Robin Williams, having the career he's had up to that point, he just had his second son during that filming, by the way, um, his son Cody. Mm. And he talked about, like, you know, it was hard being away from Cody, especially doing a film like this. But that was, yeah. man, check out his interviews, and you'll understand what I mean. Like, it's just, you can see, there's something different. It's not, it's not his stand-up anymore. I mean, that's what people older remember about him it's not that anymore and it's 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 you can see the struggle is real 
and that's just mm-hmm. crazy yeah I mean you also listed like a bunch of good movies but like you didn't mention Google Hunting you didn't mention Patch Adams like yeah you're right I didn't <laughs> so many it, like he, he he did so yeah. many it's crazy um the and his like, performance top Robin Williams every time what, yeah every he, time every single time and he was like a like Robin Williams was a part of my childhood like he was there when Belushi died yeah, that night mm. when mm. Belushi overdosed that's what Dang. him and his his son Zach because his wife was pregnant at the time that's what made him stop doing cocaine crazy was that was his son wow, his unborn incredible. child yeah. and watching Belushi die mm-hmm. and overdose like that's mm. And to quit cold turkey, and he was an alcoholic too. He quit all of it, and it just changed him. Mm. But to perform, yeah, like he really mastered that darkness oh, for a absolutely. long, long time. To be mm-hmm. able to chant it through his stuff, mm. and you can tell. Yeah, but yeah, seriously, check out his interviews, man. Like it, you'll see it. Yeah, I I will. They're I'll uncomfortable. Watch them. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other final thoughts? Oh, uh, explicit right. warning! Uh, fuck the critics, because Hook is amazing. So let's get that out there. Preach. The critics yeah. is one Absolutely. of those jobs where you're like, we almost made it without needing that tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. almost. <laughs> you, you just God. Uh, critics, the one job <laughs> where you're always like, who hurt you? Like, who hurt you <laughs> yeah. in your life? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and uh, I mean, so much love to the critics out there. It's hard to be unbiased, so I get it. Especially if you're, if you're a really good mm-hmm. critic, you need yeah. to be. And that's on anything media-related, mm-hmm. right? You can't be a show for anybody if you want to be taken seriously. But no. who hurt you when you mm-hmm. reviewed this movie? Because <laughs> you obviously lost your imagination, yeah. too. Like, uh, easily. We can tell. Yeah. The audience. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I kind <laughs> of agree with them a bit. Um, I mean, I don't agree with 29%, but uh, <laughs> I think it's definitely flawed and... Um, it has its issues, um, but like I got—I haven't seen the movie in maybe a decade before last night, and um, I was very surprised that because um, when I was a kid watching it, I didn't care who directed, who wrote it, you know, all that stuff. And when um, when it came up that it was directed by Steven Spielberg, I had totally forgot about that, and it didn't really feel like a Spielberg movie to me when mm. I was watching it. So I understand where they're going. I understand why it got a 29. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I still love it. I will always love it. It's, it's a great movie and it's fun. But um, it's definitely flawed from like a filmmaking perspective. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I get the, the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. score yeah, from fair. the critics. Okay. Sure. All right. Well... How many mermaids out of five do we want to give this thing? <laughs> I knew you were going to go with that. You knew it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with four. Four, four mermaids. Not bad. Not bad. I'll, I'll give it three and a half mermaids, and that half is the bottom half. It's the fin part. Three. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the only part he cares about. <laughs> the tail. <laughs> mm. I'll give it four and a half. Four and a half for me. Four and a half, okay. Uh, Richie? I think I got to go with uh, 
There you Ugh. go. I gotta go with three. There you God go, knows. Three. Okay. I like it. Jamie. I'm gonna tilt I'm gonna tilt the average over. I'm giving it my five my five fins. I Whoa. love this movie and I'll always love this movie. Well, no peer pressure on that one five too. That's nice. In, hey? I re rewatch it constantly. That. That's that's my Yeah. Well, slightly biased five. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I do two quick facts real quick well, about this movie? One, Carrie Fisher and George Lucas are both in it. Uh, when Peter is flying oh, to really? Neverland and that couple on the bridge gets fairy mm-hmm. dust and they fly and they're making oh, out. I did know That's that. Carrie Fisher and George Lucas, by the way. And two, I, I, I did um, know that. Carrie Fisher is uncredited, but she actually rewrote all the dialogue for Tinkerbell on this Oh, film. nice. So, wow. fun fact. Both, and le- that's both George Let's Lucas and Leia close to. Yeah. And on, I, I kind of like Tinkerbell's dialogue. It's not thoroughly explained, but yeah, when you guys say it's like all patched together, that's why. It was rewritten like three times. So, yeah. that makes sense. Hmm. All right. Cool. Well, should we find out what our next movie is going to be? Let's We're going it. back to the 70s. We're about to hit it. Let's what? see. Justice League Legends of Superhero Superheroes. 79. Yes! Oh, yeah. Our yes! first superhero oh, movie. <laughs> I am so excited about that. You have no idea. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around for the next episode, everybody. Right. That's going to be great. I, I feel like go. that's going to be like a 20 minute well. episode. <laughs> 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 well. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me and chatting about a much-loved movie. And, uh, yeah, follow us on all the things. Thank you for being here. Have a great night. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. The Death of VHS is recorded and produced by John Walls, Dylan Bailey, Jamie Johnson, Abe Ponce, and me, Richie Stevens. Editing by Jamie Johnson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Death of VHS and come join us on our Discord to hang out uh, with us and other fans and to discuss the latest episode. You can find the link for our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Death of VHS.